the big bucks, man. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It clearly was said it was the same hymn, but uh, something didn't work out right. So, regardless, uh, Charlotte and Lowell, would you please come forward? They're going to lead us in our scripture text for today. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Wait until we... There we go. I wanted to start today by showing you this picture. This is one of my favorite pictures, uh, and I took it. This is overlooking uh, Lake Pepin along and from Frontenac State Park uh, nearby Lake City, and it was on New Year's Day, New Year's morning, 2011. I was so excited because it was during this time where uh, I had surrendered my life to Jesus. I've talked many, many times to you about that time. And I just was uh, going through a lot of pain and just being renewed, which is painful, right? As we let things about us that we don't like or no need to go, we let those things die. And then we're renewed and, you know, and find new ways of living our life for God. And uh, I had this idea just laying in bed one morning. I'm going to go uh, cross-country skiing on New Year's morning, and watch the sunrise over the, the valley, right? So I go up and do that, and I'm just uh, feeling so great. I'm, I'm going up the hill, and I get there, and I can see I'm just, I'm just barely going to get there in time. And right as I got up there, I literally took the picture right at that second, and I just barely got it. And it was the most peace-filled moment I've ever had in my life, probably, of just saying, okay, Look at my problems are small in comparison to God's beauty and grace and the vastness of His creation and all those feelings that we feel in the mountaintop moments, right? I sit there for a little while on that bench. And it's a symbolic moment for me of just these times where you know that you're on the right path, but you also know that there's a lot of hardship that uh, is before you. I thought, okay, well, I feel good. I can do this. I can follow Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my life. And so I turn around and I start skiing down. And yet, I have to understand, to get up to this spot, I had to go up a pretty steep hill that meandered through the, the forest. And then I started to go down. And it wasn't long into it. I slipped and fell because everything was covered in ice. You know, the snow melts. And so I'm laying there on the ground. I just had this uh, really mountaintop type moment, almost literally. And now I'm laying there in pain and I had to take my boots off and walk down the hill. (laughs) 
okay, God, so what's really going on here? Isn't that just kind of perfect for what we've been going through in life lately? How many times during, say, just even the last two years have you had these kinds of moments where you feel like, oh, everything's going to be okay. And then it might be ten minutes later that you feel like everything is terrible. (laughs) That's just life right now, isn't it? Just continually in that journey of going from feeling like everything is awesome to everything is painful and everything is hard is, well, it is life, but it seems to be uh, the common experience now. And it's very tiring. This takes a lot out of us. It's hard to be face-to-face with our disappointments or our frustrations or our pain. And especially if we want to grow through them in Christ-likeness, you know, to let God take our hurts and our pain and our frustrations, our disappointments, and, sh- and let them be what shapes us to become more like Jesus. That is a really hard journey. Recently, I've been reading this book called Wounds That Heal. And it's about taking our pains and literally laying them at the cross and everything that's involved in that. And there's been so many things that I found really encouraging within the book, except I got to this point where <laughs> so this is a vital thing, things like uh, owning your anger or you know, voicing your pain and stuff like that. And then the last, uh, one of the last points the author makes is saying, you have to be willing to go through the dark, listen to this, the dark tunnel of pain. <laughs> that you would descend into depression as you face uh, the, the things that are most difficult in your life and go through the dark tunnel, tunnel of pain. And I thought, that's not exactly helping here, man. <laughs> that's not feeling encouraging. But his point was that in order for us to grow in our faith, we have to be willing to face our suffering and to walk through it and not give up, to not stop. To not turn away from Jesus just because it's hard. And that's why it's important that we have this community of people who are committed to the same task who can say, you're doing it. Keep it up. Don't quit. Look, at we've seen the growth that you've made. We've seen the progress that you've made. We're voicing our doubts and our, our fears together and seeing what God would say to those things. We need those people to speak into our lives when we're going through difficulty. But it's not just the dark tunnel of pain. It's not, that's not the end of the story. It's that at the end of the tunnel is the light. It is the new birth that we celebrate at Easter. The dark tunnel of pain leads us to the new person that we want to become. That we so desperately want to be, but yet we have difficulty getting there. So we have to keep going. That's what life is like. But see, oftentimes when we find ourselves in the dark tunnel of pain, what types of things do you think we do? We may uh, lash out in anger. We may turn bitter or cynical about our circumstances, start to blame other people. Have you ever noticed that? Maybe in yourself or in others, that if it feels painful and hard, it's easy to become the victim and say, well, everybody else, they're the ones who are the problem. Rather than to continue to walk on our journey, and to invite Christ into it. Or we can succumb to depression that's not a a healthy kind of purposeful depression, where we're just accepting the pain of our lives and the circumstances of our lives. That's what was talked about in the book. We can succumb to a kind of depression that is what uh, clinicians say is anger turned inwards. Like, oh, there's no hope. I just don't have enough faith. 
God can't love me because look at how much I keep sinning and I want to get better, but I can't. See, those are some of the reactions that we have. It's all this energy that we have from our pain and our suffering, our disappointments in life, and we turn it either towards other people or inward towards ourselves. And where does that leave us? If those are the two choices that we have. Or there's other, there's other choices as well. Some people uh, turn to self-medication. That's a pretty common one. Where does that leave us? Stuck. Mostly stuck. And it limits our connection with Jesus. Because a lot of those things like uh, blame, uh, criticism, self-medication, a lot of those things end up being sin. Right? And this is where I came to my mind um, what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. He says this, Be angry. Anger in itself is not a sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and therefore make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly in their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. And here we go. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is a need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. So our typical reactions actually end up being sinful. And the problem with our reactions being sinful is not that we can't be forgiven for those sins, but they actually disconnect us from God. We say, we're following you, Jesus. We trust you. We're going to live our lives for you. And then as soon as things start to get hard, we step out of the path that God has given us and maybe say, you're going to have to take a time out here, God, because I'm going to handle this the way that I know how, by blaming other people or by, by blaming other people or succumbing to my own fears and staying in a depressed state. And if we are disconnected from God, the problem is we're leaning more on our power and our wisdom and our strength, our faith, rather than God's. So what are we to do? Well, the biblical witness tells us that we should pray a prayer of lament. We've seen two examples of prayers of lament uh, in, in our service today. First of all was Moses. Moses says, God, why did you lead me out here and to, to uh, have me... Why did you lead me to, to Pharaoh and have me uh, lead in this way? Don't you see that Pharaoh just continues to punish these people? That's one example of lament. And here is a common one. Prayer of lament that says, How long, O Lord, will you, forget, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Friends, lament is a powerful way of letting out our pain in a way that we don't sin. Sin makes it worse. Sin turns us away from God. But lament is just turning all that that energy, everything that we've got pent up within our soul, and we turn it to God. So we release it to God, and in the, in the process, we're staying connected to God. Not turning away, not, not sinning, not making things worse, because oftentimes, say, say I lash out in anger because I'm uh, feeling pain. Well, now I've created more problems for myself, haven't I? That's a, <laughs> that's a common one for me. Or if I get stuck in depression because I say, Things are so hard. Rather than finding a way to release that pain to God, it just continues to be hard. 
Lament is a powerful way of letting out our, our hurts, our anger, and staying on the path that God has given us. So lament, as I mentioned, is modeled throughout the Bible. Did you know that 70, approximately 70 out of the 150 psalms are lament psalms? But yet how often, just think about this for a second, how often have you heard prayers of lament talked about or modeled during your time in the church? Probably not very often. Because for some reason, we think that as Christians, when we come to the church, we're supposed to pretend like everything's okay. Put on our best face as we would when we go to an event at the school, like I did yesterday with my family. You know, how's it going? Well, good. You know, up and to the right. Just everything's great. I've actually stopped saying that. I've said, well, good, I guess, considering how weird things are right now. (laughs) This uh, lament is actually what we're supposed to do with our pain, with our disappointments, with our fears, is to release them back to God. 70 out of 150 psalms are lament prayers. So Moses prays a prayer of lament. David prays many prayers of lament. Actually, a lot of those 70 are are psalms that David wrote. Prayers that David prayed and taught the Israelite people to pray. Here's an example of what you're supposed to do with your pain in life. Release it to God. And Jesus Himself prays a prayer of lament on the cross when He says, Why, God, have You done this to me? Why have You forsaken me? My God, my God, why have You forsaken me? But it's important to see a few of the distinctions between a prayer of lament versus complaining. What is complaining? Complaining is just making the problem all about what's happening and uh, what you think about the problem. Well, I really wish more people... I'll just make one up, okay? I really wish more people would have been at church. Why didn't people more, more people come to church? They're always doing all this other stuff. Okay? You would expect a pastor to have that complaint, right? I hope. (laughs) Well, a lament would be instead, notice the difference. God, you are God and I'm not. I'm Chad. But I'm really frustrated with people not wanting to put you first. I'm really frustrated with that. It hurts my soul. God, I need you to step in. I need you to show me what to do. How can I be a pastor in these times? Okay. Still has a complaint. Still asking for what I need. And then here's another part of the prayer of lament. God, I trust You. I trust You. Let Your will be done in my life. If that means that nobody will ever come to church ever again and they all hate me, I still trust you. And I will praise you through the good times and the bad times. Come what may. Can you feel the difference? All that energy is being put towards God. I'm renewing my trust in God through the difficulty rather than just turning to you and saying, Helen, can you believe? Can you believe that more people don't come to church? Can you believe that they don't want to give? Can you believe that they don't want to serve? 
But instead I'm saying, God, it's in your hands. But it hurts. Now trust me, that is not a judgment on any of you for not coming to church more often. I'm just being real with you. I don't know what kind of lament you need to pray. But how does it feel when you complain? Or when you gossip about something that you don't agree with how they're living? Or when you're stuck in depression, which I'm not minimizing depression either. How does that feel though? Does it ever make you feel better? Maybe. But does it ever, ever make you feel closer to God? Probably not. Because if we're turning and talking about other people rather than just owning our pain and then releasing that pain to God, we're, we're turning on our own path. We're not trusting in God in His power and strength. So laments can take uh, different forms. But they keep us going on that dark tunnel of pain. They keep us moving in grace. Allowing God to transform us, to shape us. Moving towards the light that is Christ, which is with us the entire time. Laments can take different forms, okay? So uh, here's a couple different examples. One of them is to journal. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a, a breakdown. Build your own lament, I'm calling it, okay? One of them is to just write it out in a journal. That's a powerful way to pray a prayer of lament. A second is just simply prayer. You know, like drop to your knees and pray or, or pray, praying while you're walking. Uh, sometimes verbally, just saying it out loud rather than trying to hold it in. So I've prayed prayers of lament as I was driving on a long trip. Just start talking to God. It feels super awkward just to say it out loud when it's just you and God, but sometimes you help release it. And a prayer of lament can also be with a friend. Somebody told me that after I, um, a pastor friend of mine, I, I video messaged him something that was frustrating to me at the time, and then I followed it up by saying, well, I'm sorry, you know, i do not trying to um, just dump all that on you. And he actually came back to me and he said, you know, sometimes the way that we process things verbally can actually be like a prayer of lament. But the key distinction is when we say, this is what I believe God will do what He can and will do, and I will continue to praise Him no matter what. So sometimes just talking with a spiritual friend, like someone you're in small group with or someone you trust sharing your faith with, you can have this kind of, you can offer up this kind of prayer with somebody else. But there's a key difference between offering something up as a, a, more of a lament that's more about God versus a complaint. It's more about us. So here's a, a model, a template for build your own lament. Okay, I didn't put this up on the screen, but it's pretty simple. This I actually got this from a book called Tempered Resilience by Todd Bolsinger. It starts with a personal address to God, like Jesus did on the cross. My God, my God, you are God. You are my God. And then you move into a complaint. This is what's bothering me. Things at work are really hard. Things at home are really hard. I'm concerned about what's going on in our nation or our world, whatever. Personal address, complaint, confession of trust. God, I will trust you 
like I've trusted you in the past. Then a petition. Lord, this is what I need from you. Help give me strength. Help me to see what you're doing in my life. And then lastly, a vow of praise. I will praise you, Jesus, no matter what. If you want, if you want to see that later, I can uh, provide that for you. So as I'm walking down the hill, I took my boots off. I'm walking along the edge because the actual track is in ice, and I'm saying, I'm trying here, God. <laughs> I'm really trying. I'm changing my ways. I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm reading the Bible. I'm hanging out with people that are 40 years older than me. <laughs> I am trying here. <laughs> and that's actually where I went after this was to a, a, a New Year's breakfast with all my dear friends in the church. Some of them the same age as the two of you. And I was glad to be doing it, but you know, when I was feeling the pain of that moment, I didn't know what to do with it. And so I just started talking out loud saying, I'm trying. I don't know what's going to happen, but I need you to show me something. I need you to act in my life. Without even knowing it at the time, I prayed a prayer of lament. And I look back on this moment because I was willing to stay on, in that dark tunnel of pain and everything started to change from there out. It wasn't long after that I met Gina. And it wasn't long after that that I started to feel a call into ministry and had powerful moments of healing and transformation as I continued to engage in reading Scripture and being in small group. I needed to keep walking. There was no, there was no way that things were going to change just by me staying there, just sitting in my apartment by myself, feeling sad, which there was plenty of moments of that. But I had to continue, to mo- continue moving forward, trusting God and releasing the frustration, releasing the pain to Him, letting it out. Still, uh, <laughs> I just want to close by saying, friends, that um, I'm still learning how to lament. Okay? It's really hard, especially when you find yourselves in a moment of anger or sadness, to just say, well, I'm just going to pray a prayer of lament like Pastor Chad said. No problem. Feel better. No, it's super hard. We each have uh, boundaries and, and obstacles within our hearts, within our minds that keep us from doing that. But this is, this is the, the model that Jesus gave us, the, the means that God gave us to release our pains, to let it out in a way that doesn't turn us away from God, that doesn't lead us into sin, but actually leads us more deeply into God's grace, feeling more healing, more hope, more peace than maybe we've ever felt before through the difficulty, not in spite of it. So it's my prayer, friends, that we could all learn to lament together, that we could pray prayers of lament here within worship as we meet as individuals, as we meet in our small groups, so that we could give the pain back to God and renew our trust in Him daily. Amen. Uh Uh-oh. Thank you, Lord.